We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Wednesday, December the 29th, 2021. Today's show, I lock in my official predictions. The Gamecocks take on the North Carolina Tar Heels in the 2021 Duke's Mayo Bowl at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Guys, we have got a packed show for you here on this Friday. And, of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, for all your moving needs, going into the new year, be sure to contact our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. Or of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. Bowl season has lost its luster. Some may say that bowl games don't matter anymore. I say that anytime you get the opportunity to watch the Garnet and Black do battle, especially when it's against a rival in a border war of sorts, that, my friends, means everything. And that's exactly what we've got on the docket tomorrow as we sit here on game day eve as South Carolina prepares to do battle against their rivals to the north in UNC. Folks, happy Wednesday. Hope you're all doing well. It's a great Wednesday to have a Wednesday here on this game day eve. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. I do hope this show does find you well, no matter where you are, what you're doing, whether you're on the commute, you're in the office, you're on the job, you got the day off. Maybe you're in the Queen City preparing for kickoff, whatever it might be, be folks. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. Very excited as I officially lock in my prediction for tomorrow's game as the Gamecocks take on the North Carolina Tar Heels in the 2021 Duke's Mayo Bowl at Bank of America 
Stadium. Again, folks, appreciate you all. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. I hope you've had a fantastic week. Hope you're having a fantastic hump day. And again, for those going to Charlotte, North Carolina, safe travels, enjoy yourselves, and let's bring home a W back to the great state of South Carolina, the real Carolina. Folks, I'm going to lock in my prediction, talk about this game. First things first, though, just want to update you on the plans going throughout the rest of today and then, of course, tomorrow with the game kickoff at 1130. So, yours truly, if you're listening to me on Wednesday, we are heading up to Charlotte, North Carolina later this afternoon. Going to partake in the Charlotte Gamecock Club event tonight at Ink and Ivy. I think that's going from 6 to 10. Not exactly sure what time we're going to get there, but sometime during that event, yours truly is going to pop in, enjoy the night in Charlotte. More importantly, on game day, Thursday, here is the plan. So there is not an official TSUS tailgate. And again, guys, I do apologize. I'm not thrilled that we're not having a tailgate, but just because of an 11.30 a.m. kickoff and the logistics behind that, setting up, taking everything down, going to the game, it was going to be a nightmare. But but we are going to be out there. We're going to be out and about. Yours truly will be at Ink and Ivy at 9 a.m. when they open. Also, the Charlotte Gamecock Club is throwing a tailgate by Bank of America Stadium. And again, guys, if you follow us on social media, I will be sure to publish all of those details as we get closer to kickoff. Also, if you're throwing a tailgate, would love to come crash your tailgate. You guys, let me know. Shoot me a DM. Send me a text. Send me a tweet. Whatever it might be, just let us know where you are, and we'll come by. Yours truly will have the GoPro on me. Uh, really excited to do that and link it with a bunch of great Gamecock fans. Of course, guys, you all recall, I lived in Charlotte for four years, so I got a couple buddies in the Charlotte Gamecock Club and a couple guys to help run that. So really excited. They do an awesome job, a fantastic job, and I highly suggest you guys come out to their events as well. But again, either way, going to be a really, really good time in Charlotte, North Carolina. Of course, guys, no podcast or daily crow tomorrow due to it being game day, but we'll return to things and get back after it on Friday with the podcast and the daily crow to break down everything that happened at Bank of America Stadium tomorrow afternoon. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. You know, it's crazy. Today has sort of a weird vibe to it because normally when it's game day, Eve, and normally when we're locking predictions, it's a Friday. So today is a Wednesday that feels like a Friday. And I was like, I told you, it's a weird time of year, right? The time between Christmas and New Year where nobody really knows what day it is anymore anyways. So I guess it's kind of fitting that, uh, you know, we're playing a game at 1130 a.m. on a Thursday. Just kind of goes with the overall theme of the week. But either way, it is game day eve. The Gamecocks taking on their rivals to the north, South Carolina, North Carolina, in the 2021 Dukes-Mayo And guys, first things first, let's get this out of the way, because I have noticed a disturbing trend, if you will, or a disturbing vibe overtaking some Gamecock fans. And that is people questioning whether this game will even be played tomorrow at Bank of America Stadium. I can tell you all this from everything that I've heard from those people involved with South Carolina football, this game is happening. So rest assured, there should not be any COVID issues and South Carolina and North Carolina should be playing without any of those type of issues popping up. So again, if you are worried, I'm here to tell you yours truly. Hey, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But from what I've heard, there should not be any sort of related COVID issues that is going to stop this game from happening. Again, like I said at the top of the show, what's interesting about bowl season 
And many fans have complained about this in regards to just how important are bowl games anymore? You know, do players really care? Oh, guys are opting out, the transfer portal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I look at it completely different, guys. When you're a Gamecocks football program that has won nine bowl games, nine, in 129 seasons of play, they're all important. They're all massively important. And especially when you're taking on your rivals to the north, the North Carolina Tar Heels, who, guys, let's not forget, two years ago, you might recall, a Will Muschamp-led South Carolina team opened their season in this exact same building against UNC, against the exact same head coach and the exact same quarterback, Sam Howell's first ever collegiate game coming against South Carolina. And we all know the result of that one. And we all know the aftermath. Yours truly going on record with the fire must champ video, right? So the opportunity for revenge and to beat UNC. I mean, that alone stands out as making this game of utmost importance. You also factor in recruiting and recruiting territories in the state of North Carolina, right? Charlotte has been a hotbed. It's a hotbed of talent. And some of the best Gamecocks to ever wear the garnet and black have hailed from the state of North Carolina. Now, it's a tale of two very different teams and two very different seasons as well for each side. You look at UNC, a team that was as hyped up as really any and all of college football. Most were picking them, and I think they were picked to go to the ACC championship in this season. Guys, we even had our good friend Brett Ciancia of pick six previews on this show and on the airwaves, he proclaimed that UNC was going to be in the college football playoff. Boy, oh boy, he couldn't have been more wrong about how the heel season would turn out. So you got a UNC team that massively underachieved in this season and maybe is left feeling a bit disappointed with how their season played out. On the flip side, you look at the Gamecocks, right? Vegas had you over under three and a half total wins. And while it may not have happened the way some of you would have liked with the offensive struggles, and certainly it was a roller coaster ride, and no matter, you found a way to get to six wins, to get to bowl eligibility in Shane Beamer's first season. And we all agreed over the summer that that would be a massive success in year one, especially when you kept perspective and factored in that this was a program that want to combine six games the last two seasons. So you got an overachieving USC team and an underachieving UNC team. Now, what's interesting and what you have to factor in is the motivation factor, right? Does that alter the way that UNC approaches this game? Does that alter the way that South Carolina maybe looks at this game and says, hey, we got a great opportunity. We're chomping to the bit. We're playing like our hair's on fire. And maybe UNC says, ah, we don't even really want to be here. You know, we already had a disappointing season. What are we really playing for? So just something to keep in mind as well. Certainly on the opt-out side of things, that's a big factor in this game. That has hurt South Carolina much more than it's hurt UNC, right? The Gamecocks losing Jason Brown at quarterback, running back Zaquandre White, and, of course, defensive lineman J.J. Inibare. UNC basically lost no one. They had a defensive back opt out, one of their better players on defense. But the big one is Sam Howell playing in this football game, right? I'm very surprised. I'm actually still shocked he is playing in the football game. But either way, he is going to play in this game. Again, wasn't a great year for Sam Howell, but still regarded as one of the best in all of college football at 
his position. You know, I was asked this yesterday on radio. Can South Carolina win this football game? Guys, make no mistake. The Gamecocks can win this football game. But let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. I know you sit as 10-point underdogs in Vegas, but this is a winnable game for South Carolina. With that being said, what has to happen? Because, again, like I mentioned, two very different seasons for each of these teams in regards to overachieving and underachieving and two very, very different football teams in the way that each got to their 6-6 six and six and 3-5 and five in the conference record. You look at UNC, very potent offensively, guys. It's a pick-your-poison type of deal when you're trying to stop that North Carolina offensive attack. You've got Sam Howell, and again, guys, we've talked about it a lot. When you got a quarterback, you've got a chance. UNC's got a pretty damn good one in Sam Howell. You've got Ty Chandler at the running back position. They've got some explosive playmakers on the outside. And hey, by the way, Mr. Howell himself, he's been a potent part of the rushing tack, rushing for over 800 yards and 11 touchdowns. Guys, Sam Howell was a more potent rusher than anyone on the Gamecocks roster this season. On the contrary, though, UNC couldn't stop a freaking nosebleed all season long. So they rode a potent offense and a porous defense to a 6-6 six and six record. On the flip side, you've got the Gamecocks, and we all know the story of South Carolina football in 2021. A bevy of problems, a bevy of issues offensively. Offensive line that couldn't block a soul, a revolving door at quarterback. No proven weapons on the outside, outside of Josh Van, and a running back room, guys, that call for what it is, underachieved in this 2021 season. However, it was an overachieving defense led by a secondary that ranks top 10 in the country in pass defense. And a defense... That was as opportunistic as any we've seen in quite some time. Leading the SEC in turnovers. You think of some of the game-changing turnovers in this season going all the way back to the East Carolina game, Damani Staley, the pick six he had that turned the tide in that football game just before halftime. You think of Jabari Ellis' scoop and score. I mean, there were just plays on plays on plays. David Spalding against Troy. The list goes on and on. Right, So these two teams have found very different ways to get to this point, to get to 500, get to bowl eligibility, and get to the 2021 Dukes-Mayo Bowl. I talk about that South Carolina defense. That's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take for the Gamecocks to have any chance to win this football game. And I'll be very curious to see how Clayton White, who's done a fantastic job this year, of course, I'll be very curious to see what the defensive game plan is for South Carolina. Because, again, like I mentioned, you've got to pick your poison. As good as the Gamecocks have been defensively this year, as much as they've ever achieved, I just don't see a scenario in which you're going to hold down Sam Howell and Ty Chandler and those weapons on the outside to 17 or 20 points in this one. So where do you take your chances? You know, what do you bank on? Do you sell out on stopping the run, but maybe give Sam Howell some one-on-one matchups and put a lot of pressures on that secondary? Or do you sort of say, hey, we'll let them get their yardage in the run game, but when Sam Howell does drop back to pass, we're going to make things very, very tough on him, some tight windows, if you want. Hopefully guys like Jalen Foster, Cam Smith, R.J. Roderick, can get a couple of interceptions, a couple of turnovers off the UNC quarterback. On the flip side, offensively, you know, you guys, you think about it. Zeb Nolan, right? That's a huge storyline in this game, as we talked about yesterday or two days ago. The final 
chapter, if you will, of the Zeb Nolan experience and what a ride it's been really just at the quarterback position for South kind of this year. And the story of Zeb Nolan, a guy that wasn't on the roster going into fall camp, suited up due to Luke Doty's injury and the work that the graduate assistant was able to do, you got to really tip your cap. I mean, hey, that Vanderbilt game, that last drive will live forever in infamy be one of the most legendary moments, certainly, of the 2021 football season. But you look at the matchup, right? There's really no excuse for South Carolina not be able to move the football. This is a UNC defense allows 31 points per game. Guys, they haven't been able to stop anyone, anyone, all year long. Of course, knows Aquandre White in this football game, who is by far your most productive rusher throughout the 2021 season. Who carries the load? Who's the guy that steps up at running back in this one? Because again, the rushing attack, going to be pivotal, going to be very important, right? I think we all agree and know you're not going to go ask Zeb Nolan to go throw 30, 40, or 50 passes and have any chance to win the football game. You got to get something out of your rushing attack. You got to get something out of your offensive line. I think you turn to a guy like Kevin Harris, who was the SEC's leading rusher in 2020. And certainly his year has been hampered due to a back injury. But by this point now, he should be back full go to his normal self. You need one of those traditional Kevin Harris type of ball games. You need one of those typical Kevin Harris type of games where he pops off for 160, 170, 180 plus yards and sets the tone On the ground. Hey, who on the outside is going to make plays? You know, you got Josh Van. Who else? Does Jaheim Bell step up? Can Nick Muse get the job done in his final game in Garnet and Black? Does EJ Jenkins show up in this one? But to me, the key for the game for South Carolina will all come down to defense and special teams. Because, guys, I think we'd all agree. If all things are equal, right? If all things are equal, and this is just a game with the both offenses matching up, South Carolina stands no chance. They will not be able to keep up. They simply don't have the horses to go toe-to-toe with a potent UNC attack. You're going to have to get some short fields. You're going to have to get some game-changing turnovers. You know, again, this, this defense has been so opportunistic and has had a knack for getting the ball off of people. It's going to take another effort like that because, again, your offense under Zeb Noland And missing the guys you're missing needs all the help it can get. Also, you look at Beamer Ball, special teams. You know, we haven't really seen special teams play a major role in a game, at least lately. Can you block a punt? Can you block a kick? Can you spark spring a big return? Again, giving yourself short fields. Guys, as good as the Gamecocks defense has been this season, as good as they've been this season, we have seen the tendency for this secondary to be exposed down the field in the passing game. And certainly, certainly, you know, it's crazy, guys. We talk about, you know, Greg Atkins and the offensive line and the way they've struggled. And, hey, they've been atrocious this year. But I don't understand why we don't spend more time talking about the Gamecocks' defensive front and the issues they've had stopping the run with players like Jordan Birch and Zach Pickens and J.J. Inabari when he was playing and Jabari Ellis and the talent you have up front. I mean, it's been abysmal. It's been a nightmare. The Gamecocks have not been able to stop the run against basically everybody. 
It's pick your poison with UNC. You're going to have to force some turnovers and give your offense short fields to have the opportunity to win this football game. And guys, again, I know you get tired of hearing me say this, and I guess it'll be the final time since this is the final game of the 2021 season. Line of scrimmage, physicality, running the ball, stopping the run. Can you do it effectively enough to give yourself a chance? Because if UNC can establish the tone on the ground, they're going to go up and down the field on you all day long. Because at some point, you are going to have to take chances and take risks. And if you don't get there and Sam Howell's got one-on-one matchups, he's going to eat you up. He's going to make you pay all day long. Got to get him in some third and longs. Got to get him in some obvious passing situations and then take advantage when the plays are going to be made. Take advantage. Offensively, what do you do? Because the big question this game is simply, you know, I think UNC is going to score. UNC is going to score. And I've said this all week, but the Gamecocks to win this football game, the, the Auburn the Auburn game blueprint is not there in this one. You're not going to win this game 20 to 17. You're not going to hold North Carolina to 17 or 20 points. I think you're going to have to score upwards of 27 or 30 to make it happen. So how do you do that? Number one, I think you got to get Kevin Harris going. Number one, the offensive line's got to show up. If they don't show up, then none of what I'm about to say matters anyways. But you got to get Kevin Harris going. I think the quick passing game, getting the ball to the outside, getting to your playmakers, use the freaking tight ends for the love of God. Jaheim Bell is too good of a football player not to touch the ball. Nick Muse, I mean, where has he been all season? And then you got to hope Zeb Nolan has saved truly his best for last and, you know, can, can have sort of one of those storybook type of games and ride off in the sunset one final time in a Gamecock uniform and lead you to victory. Simply put, guys, at the end of the day, again, it's all about can the Gamecocks, do they have the offensive firepower to keep up with UNC? Because without a Herculean effort from your defense, that's what it's going to take. Because, again, as good as your defense has been, they've overachieved, I think UNC is going to get theirs. I think after a while, they're going to score. They're potent for a reason, guys. They're averaging 36, 37 points per game for a reason. Sam Howell is a legitimate NFL caliber player. They've got Ty Chandler, who's a big-time legitimate NFL type of running back, and they've got plenty of weapons on the outside. Matt Brown and that offensive staff have done a fantastic job in Chapel Hill. I think this is a very close, competitive back-and-forth game, especially early. I think you're going to see a very spirited South kind of group. I, I don't buy the narrative of, you know, either team really going to be, you know, I, I just, I feel like it's a bad cop-out, by the way. When a team loses a bowl game, oh, they weren't motivated. Oh, they weren't ready to play. Dude, if you need someone to motivate you to go compete as an athlete, you're doing the wrong thing. You, you are. If you don't want to play, don't suit up, right? But I think that's the point that Alex McGrath was making yesterday. He has no issues with the opt-outs. He's got no issues with the transfer portal because if the guys don't want to play, don't make them. All we got is all we need. Let's go play with the 22 that want to fight, scratch, and claw, and battle to get a victory in this bowl game. Again, guys, like I told you, hey, it's still a big deal to win a bowl game. It's still a big deal to add to your school's trophy case. It is, especially when you're South Carolina and you've only won Nine all-time bowl games. Got a good opportunity to get your 10th. 
That being said, though, I think it's a very hard-fought game early into halftime. I think it's a one-score game. Do the Gamecocks have the horses to keep up with UNC? And unfortunately, I think the answer is no. We have not seen enough from South Carolina this season. That, that, that tells us that the Gamecocks will score 27, 30, or more points in this ballgame. I think if South Carolina does win, I think you'll see a very similar game play out that played out when South kind of scored 40 points, quote-unquote scored 40 points on the Florida Gators, right? Having an offensive touchdown, having some weird things happen when it comes to turnovers and, and just the way that game went. I think that's what it's going to take. Unfortunately, when you're picking games, you can't bank on those type of things happening. Those are rare occurrences for a reason. So that being said, again, I think it's a very close back-and-forth game early. I think at halftime, it's a one-score game. I think at some point, again, UNC's just got too much offensively. And again, as good as your defense has been, I think they'll get worn down. It's a pick-your-poison type of game when trying to stop them. And I just don't think the Gamecocks, I think UNC will have more punches offensively than South kind of will have in this one. And for that reason, I am picking the Tar Heels to get the W. Give me North Carolina 34, South Carolina 20. Again, this is a very winnable game for the Gamecocks. Very winnable. Very winnable game. But there's just nothing that tells me with Zeb Nolan leading the charge, an offensive line that has been a massive question mark all season long, a lack of proven playmakers on the outside. There's just nothing that tells me that the Gamecocks will be able to do enough in regards to moving the football even against a porous UNC defense, there's nothing that tells me that South Carolina's going to be able to do enough offensively to keep up with UNC. You got to score 30, I think, probably to win this game. You do. And you got to hope your defense, you got to hope Sam Howell, that crew doesn't have their best day. And when you don't have a J.J. and Igbari, you were already struggling to get after the quarterback. You were already struggling to stop the run. I think UNC will be able to run the football. And guys, again, we've seen it time and time again. The Gamecocks, I mean, guys, how often have we seen South Carolina struggle against a quarterback that can run, that can beat you with his legs? And Sam Howell, again, that's the thing, guys, I told you, that's really what jumps out off the page to me. Sam Howell has ran for over 800 yards and 11 touchdowns. The Gamecocks will fight. The Gamecocks will scratch. The Gamecocks will claw. I just don't think it will be enough in the end. So, guys, lock me in. I've got UNC 34. South Carolina 20 in the final contest of the 2021 football season and effectively Shane Beamer's first season as Gamecocks head coach. But again, guys, that's my score prediction. Tar Heels 34, Gamecocks 20. I want to hear from you. Leave your predictions in the comments. Uh, would love to hear from you again. How do you think this game will play out as South going to take on UNC in the 2021 Dukes Mayo Bowl. And guys, it's kind of sad because this is officially the last prediction show of the 2021 football season. So again, I do, guys, I do want to say this, and I will reiterate these points on the Friday show when we recap everything and break down the game that was, again, thank you all so much for a fantastic season. Thank you guys for continuing to show love, show support, tune in the show, rock and roll the content, rock and roll with everything we do. And again, if you're heading up to Charlotte, safe travels, and let's all bring a W 
back to the great state of South Carolina, the real Carolina. Guys, that being said, go Cox, beat UNC, and we'll talk to you on Friday. you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.